Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is an artist and comedian you've seen on Comedy Central. You can catch him on The Greatest Pod, and his current YouTube channel is Reboot It. Always a pleasure to have Mr. Ed Greer. Welcome, sir. Hey, what's up, man? This is uh it's really great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. It is it is always well, it's just always so much fun. So uh very stoked to have you back with us. Also on the panel, she is a comedian, a writer, an actress, and a tracker. You know her from the movie Trivia Schmodown on YouTube. Always a pleasure to have her with us. Clee Wiggins, welcome. Hello. Hey, thanks for being here. My pleasure. <laughs> you know, we've gone the the I think the last two episodes without any serious cooking tips or food talk. So <laughs> I, you know, I and I'm not saying it's it's a guarantee, but odds odds are much better because uh, we we both like messing around in the kitchen. You know, we all we all have our culinary slant so uh maybe maybe that will come up sometime today who knows we'll see where the conversation takes us and as always we are joined by comedian scholar and the black voice of reason always a pleasure to introduce mr time and ship welcome sir thank you dave power to the people and my people are back on black folks <laughs> yes yes we are back on with dave <laughs> Can't be without them. Got to have them sometime. Good thing, Dave. I, you know, hey, I I try. If if yeah, you know, if their schedules allowed, we would we would have Ed and Clee every week because yeah. it's always so much fucking fun. But always good when the Jews are thinking about us. It's great. It's great. <laughs> always good. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it it. I don't know where it falls into critical race theory, but I think if we learn from the past, you know, we maybe don't make the same mistakes. Kind of one of those things I was brought up learning and maybe something that a lot more people should be paying attention to, especially in certain Southern states where they are uh, bitching about cancel culture while still trying to get uh, anything about the racist history of America out of the school curriculum. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse and whether it will be political or weather related remains to be seen. But what we do know is there is much to discuss after a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. 
Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community Spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using Community Spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community Spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. Available in Delta Variant everywhere. And I mean everywhere when you least expect it. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. Well, speaking of time, it is the 32nd Saturday of the new year, and uh, being the 7th of August, that also means it's National Lighthouse Day, National Jamaican Patty Day, National Mustard Day, and uh, National Disc Golf Day, and National Purple Heart Day. What binds all those together? Well, nothing. Really? Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing, but I, I did, uh, learn what a Jamaican Patty is, which, uh, makes, makes today useful. Uh, you just learned what it is. Yeah. I, you know, it, <gasps> it, delicious. I have never had one before. I even like went to Jamaica family vacation when I was a little kid. I, I love Jamaican beef patties. They, yeah, they're, it seems like they're like a, my second favorite Jamaican food. First being. I like Jamaican style oxtails. Ooh, That's my jam. Nice. And yeah, then I like I, their like their fish, obviously, because you know there are island countries. So they, make good fish. <laughs> they got they got that going for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I honestly like it's it's one of those cuisines. Caribbean. See, I told you we were going to get into food talk. Uh, <laughs> I like I you know I know some Caribbean stuff, and of course you know Jamaican jerk chicken my focus was on the blue mountain coffee which is mm. just heaven in a fucking cup it is, <laughs> it oh is it's expensive it's coffee. expensive as shit oh though. fuck yeah yeah it's <laughs> it costs like 80 bajillion dollars <laughs> it, you know it's funny like if i were to go back to jamaica, Come uh, to jamaica. <laughs> i especially because weed is legal in california now i i think i would most likely be busted at customs trying to get way too much coffee in <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, and you know, everyone says, Oh, it's also the water. It is, but it starts with the bean and the roast and uh-huh. they're growing it and doing it right down there. But uh, yeah, that's, I've seen, there's a, there's a Jamaican patty food truck that I've seen at different, like uh, fests and some. what have you, but they always had really long lines and fear slash ignorance slash what what's what's being fried where where am i going uh you know where it's like a cartoon where the the wavy lines are coming off the food truck and you just float following the lines but uh yeah so it it wasn't until today uh national jamaican patty day that i learned what they are and uh definitely (laughs) definitely something i plan to explore because amazingly, I don't know of any Jamaican restaurants in L.A. I mean, I'm sure there's got to uh, be. There's a couple. We- there's a there's a couple over on the west side, like like out towards Culver City, Santa Monica, Venice area. And then there's like one over here that I know of, but I'm sure there's more in the valley. But the one I know over here, they're okay. They're not great, but they're pretty good. They'll just satisfy the craving. Yeah, but the there's like two on the west. 
Yeah, the two that I know of that are great are on the west side. Yeah. You know, yeah. as far as as far as LA is concerned. Yeah. More yeah. also in um, also in uh Crenshaw area. Oh yeah. 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 You know yeah. where there's actually a pretty good one that smells sells great Jamaican beef patties is in the Miami airport. <laughs> now it's expensive obviously because it's airport food, but it's worth it. Yeah, you know, there there are few but i i guess because they're they're so few like they're that much more impactful but like restaurants that are equal to their out of airport you know parent organization or yeah you know that that they fucking bring it um yeah i think this place has one other location outside in miami proper mm mm-hmm but uh, I've only been to their Miami airport location, and I went there the three times I've thrown flown through Miami. I eat there every time. <laughs> nice. Uh, if you ever if you ever fly through Austin, uh, the mm-hmm. the Austin airport Salt Lake barbecue location, oh. and uh, with Salt Lake, it's their their mustard sauce, they have the yellow an sauce. Location? Yeah, That's and it's it's I, you know it's funny like because i used to go to austin for south by southwest back in uh in my radio days and there was always a line at at the the airport salt lake because everyone was getting like their last dose to to get on the yeah. plane so uh and and, if you're just flying through there if you don't live there and you're not flying out of there then it might be you might be cutting it close, but it might be worth it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's it. It's, can't go to can't go to Florida anymore, though. <laughs> well, now well, I flew would, through Miami when I was going through to the Dominican Republic. So Punta that's Cana? like, huh? Punta Cana. I was yeah, Punta Cana. Yeah, what? I was going to the Dominican Republic for my cousin's wedding a couple years, like three, four years that. ago now, and both times I ate there. And then I flew through there when I got like connected through there, like because my flight, another flight got canceled because of snow, like a, about two years later. So all three times I went through there, I was like, I'm going to get a Like the first time we stumbled on it by accident. And so when we came back, it was me and my little cousin at the time. She was 17, I think, or 16. And she's like, we going to the beef patty place again? And I was like, yes, we are. <laughs> 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 see now the the flip side it's funny talking about this reminded me uh when i lived in israel in the late uh-huh. 80s so i'm sure you know things have changed but uh you know the let's go travel guides uh vaguely you know it's it's just one of those books it you know and it's kind of a, uh-huh. a zagat kind of feel where it it's okay. a compendium of of write-ups and stuff but like there are specific things so i lived in beersheba for a while and uh, Beersheba, it's a it's a town, uh, you know, northern northernmost point of the so- southern desert uh, kind of thing, but at least then was what was known as a development town, where uh, they have concentrated resources for new immigrants. So around that time, that was like a few years after the big Ethiopian influx, but there were you know still a lot of people come from Ethiopia and and Eastern Europe, Russia. So they're cities or towns, but they they have a lot of uh, resources for new immigrants and things to help acclimate people to Israeli society and and you know Hebrew for foreign language speaker classes kind. 
kind of things. So the the Let's Go travel guide entry for Beersheba uh, said uh, at, at the Beersheba bus station, there is an amazing falafel place. So if you're yeah. if you're traveling south and your bus stops in Beersheba, get off the bus, get yourself a falafel, and then get back on the bus because there's fuck all to do in Beersheba. Which wasn't true. There was some some good stuff, but you know, just thinking about uh, good food at travel locations, and there were other like really good falafel places uh, in town. But the one at the bus station was was pretty fucking bomb, as as the kids might say now. And now would be two hundred and one days into the Biden administration, and as of today, we've got Timpani. 616,257 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 35,733,875 confirmed cases. That's a jump of almost 1 million from last week, with about 193.8 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine, with about 165.9 million of them fully vaccinated. And on that note, just a, a couple things, one quick personal anecdote. I I do not advocate uh, violence in, in general, but particularly against women. Uh, I, I almost punched this lady this week. We, we were working together and, you know, didn't spend that much time directly with her. But uh, talking with a group of people at the end of the day, and she's like, well, I know a lot of people are getting vaccinated, but I'm not. And it's like, you know, this is maybe something you should have said at the beginning of the day. So people would know to stay far the fuck away from you. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at what's happening and in Alabama, where there are a shitload of people dying, I think it's it's 99% of the COVID fatalities are all unvaccinated people. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I have two friends on Facebook who are both idiots. And... <laughs> They are. They claim to be unvaccinated. They claim to not wear a mask. One of them, I'm pretty sure, does not wear a mask. The other one, I think he's probably lying. <laughs> and claims to not wear a mask. But every picture I've seen of him in the last two years, he's worn a mask. <laughs> and um, he doesn't really go anywhere. Come on, Clee. Didn't you learn anything from the Trump administration? Don't don't believe what you actually see. But. Just, just believe uh, yeah. what you're being told. So I just, I take, like, and he, and he, they're both those type of people who claim that vaccinated people are getting sick when they're not. Um, you know, like they're catching COVID because you can still get COVID even if you're vaccinated. You just probably won't be hospitalized, and you definitely won't die if you've been vaccinated, unless you are already like very sick from something else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you already have stage four cancer. You're pro- COVID's probably going to do do you in. Yeah, but you know, what I mean? you know even if but you're if you are, as, as like, weak as Lindsey Graham. Guy. Yeah. Like, I'm mildly sick long before COVID, and I got the COVID vaccine. If I were to catch COVID now, I would maybe get a little sick, but I would be fine. I'd probably be fine. Like, you know, unless my heart gave out or something, like, real crazy happened. But if I kept taking my medication, I'd be fine. 
crazy. So, well, crazy how that works. People are like, they're insane. The ones who believe that you can still catch COVID like, and get sick and be vaccinated. Like, that's not exactly how it happens. Like, I like to know that like that million point nine three people who, whatever, who have COVID right now. Mm-hmm. It's what is it like something like 97% of them are night more than 97, like something closer, closer to like 99% are unvaccinated and they all have pretty much or you know mostly have the Delta variant, yeah, because they're they're, unvaccinated. And this is begging, they're laying in the hospital. (laughs) Can I get the can I get the shot? No, bro, you can't get the shot. (laughs) Yeah, after you get sick with COVID, it takes you have to wait 90 days. Once you've recovered. So once you no longer have a fever or any symptoms of COVID, you have to wait 90 days from that day before you can get your your vaccine. If you already have the first shot, you might have to get two shots all over again. You know, you know, it would be an interesting reality show, like giving uh, Ikea furniture to the the people who are getting COVID now and seeing (laughs) how much they fuck up putting it together because. A, they can't follow simple instructions. B, they don't understand that there's an order to things. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the guy who's sitting next to, uh, he's 66 years old, got COVID from his daughter. And I said, well, why didn't you get the shot? Well, I was going to wait. Waiting, we're waiting for death, motherfucker? What are you doing? It's like, that's so stupid. You talk all this, you know, he's a smart guy. You're sitting there talking to him. I just have a problem with getting a shot. But you didn't have a problem going doing all this other shit you've been doing. You hanging out and now that you didn't got sick. Now and they've told you, go get the shot. And he's still fucking around. I said, Okay, you don't believe fat meat greasy. They're gonna take your old black ass out. I said, I'm not gonna have this conversation <laughs> with you anymore. I said, I'm tired of talking to stupid ass people. You guys are just I don't I don't know what they gotta do. I mean, do I can you. I can sort of see waiting, but at this point, the waiting is over. Like waiting was done. At the end of May. That's yeah. how long you wait. Because the first people getting their shots in January, regular people started getting them at the end of March, beginning of April, and everybody could get it by the mid-April. Everybody could get it. Yeah. By May, t- kids 12 and up could get it. So the waiting was done June 1st. That's when your waiting period ended. Well, I mean, look at Now the it's time to go and get it. But so you, if you, 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 got, got if you haven't right gotten now. it by June 1st, you're an idiot. You got you have pa- parents who know that they have not. Got, I don't have any kids. God damn, you're not going to get your kid a, a damn COVID shot in their ten. You got kids; they're filling up the damn hospital. How can you not go get your kid vaccinated? Well, I they mean, can only get twelve I mean, I mean, and up I'm, right I'm now. Saying, I'm saying the the one lady had her son seventeen. Well, he wanted to play football. Well, if he wanted to play football and he's seventeen, he should have got vaccinated. Nice. And I know most football teams for high school and college are requiring a vaccine shot. A lot of them are like my my nephew. He played high school last year football, and now he's playing college football. And he had to get vaccinated in order to continue to play. Like his coach uh, yeah. was like, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't play. And they're only playing against other teams who are vaccinated. So right. maybe in other states it might be different, but they're from Arizona, and they had to get vaccinated in Arizona. So, well, at least there's better. there's some voice of reason regarding something in Arizona, like. <laughs> And I'd have other cousins who have kids who have are 12 and up. One of my nephews, he just turned 12. The other one is 15. The 12-year-old has not gotten vaccinated yet, but he's given their kids, those two, 
because they're not like on that the same track as their older brother, my brother is um, letting them sort of make up their own minds whether they want to get vaccinated or not. So I think his middle son is going to get vaccinated. The younger one might wait, but I get it at this point. He can always pull himself out of school. He's a lot younger. It makes a little bit of a difference. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, like, like my, schools and are... I my other cousins who are, like, she's letting her daughter, this is her first time making her own choice about her body. So I think, it, you know, it's important from a girl's perspective to make her own choice about her body. But at the same time, she's not letting her go make this decision uneducated either. She's right. not filling her head with bullshit. She's saying, this is what the vaccination does. This is what being unvaccinated meat could mean for you. Well, and schools are petri dishes anyway. You know, yeah. all of my friends who who have school age kids, you know, every winter time they're getting really bad colds. They're getting flu because the kids go to school and you know mix with a bunch of other petri dishes, and they bring germs home, and then the parents get it. So, if you do have children under twelve who can't be vaccinated. All the more reason for you to get the fucking shots, right? And to wear yeah. a mask. And also, you know also that's really one of the, one of the real quick Ed. One of the yeah. just looking at Florida specifically, and Governor DeSantis was was bitching about Biden. And he, they want to make kindergartners wear masks, and uh -huh. I, you know, I, I don't know about all y'all, but when I was in kindergarten, if it was like. You have to wear a mask every day. It would be like, bitching, I'm fucking Spider-Man. You know, it's like mm -hmm. little kids. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Little kids are highly adaptable. Yeah. So and if it'll keep their fingers out of their noses. Fucking fine. They'll, they are highly adaptable. As long as you don't fill their heads with nonsense, they're fucking fine. Yeah, absolutely. Ed, you were going to say? I was just going to say, I, I really hate how much it goes back to economics, though. Like, most of the COVID deniers that I know, literally, they're so goddamn crazy because their jobs are public-facing jobs. And they're, they're like bartenders, comedians, performers of some stripe. All these people who are just like, my job is interfacing with the public. And now because of lockdowns, this, that, and the other, I cannot do that. Thusly, I literally cannot make money to feed my family. And all this bullshit. So, like, they get they get just their economic the economic problem that they have. Now, if you have money and you're sitting on your fucking ass and you're typing and that's your job and you don't get the vaccine, kill yourself. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. But if you're one of these public facing people, I don't understand them, but I understand them. You know what I mean? Like, I I know I know a lady. Literally, she's great on all. She's not great on all other fronts, but since this COVID shit came and since Trump came, she latched on to certain aspects of that culture of, of that, that cult of personality that I'm a rugged individualist. I can beat anything. I can do anything. Just let me go to my job and everything will be fine. I'll suffer the slings and arrows of COVID. Just let me go to my job and pour drinks. I'll take the risk. Just let me do it. And when people tell her no, she all of a sudden she's experienced for once in her life some type of actual problem something she can't do that she wants to do so all of a sudden it's conflated with the jewish problem or the jewish problem wait a minute what all of a sudden she understands what genocide means mm. and what slavery means and the mask is a muzzle and all all of a sudden 
she understands what these uh, uh, oppressed people feel because the bitch can't wear, can't not wear a mask in Walmart or something. So it's like it's blowing my mind that it takes these false equivalencies for people to like a attune themselves to oppression. B they can't see that they're not actually being oppressed. They're actually you know. Oh, if you hear I, that, another white cat talking about, I'm losing my freedom. Like, come on, what's freedom? Yeah, you're taking you make me wear a mask. I don't have no freedom. I'm losing my freedom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, and and I don't know if you saw in the news uh, this week that the, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, who for a second people were like, hooray, he didn't, you know, succumb to Trump's idiocy and find 11,000 votes, but he is blaming the spread of COVID on Joe Biden. Uh, basically his argument is, well, he's not able to convince all of us idiots in the South that it's important. So it keeps spreading, which is. No, that's an extension of Trumpism, which the gap people thinking my freedoms and they're equating the two of being a Trump supporter means I have to blindly follow what he said and pick and choose what he says, because Eventually, especially after he got COVID and towards the election, he started wearing a mask in public and advocating for wearing a mask, even though he spent 10 months not wearing a mask. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, late late to the party to 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 latch on to the other. And it's it's very dumb. Yeah, it's kind of like if Jesus went on a murder spree before, you know, what what was he doing when he was wandering in the desert? Well, he was a serial mm-hmm. killer. But let's not pay attention to that part. Let's, you know, the the talky bits, the the fishes, the loaves, the things. But yeah, if he were to have been a serial killer, I think that would still be an important part of of the legend. And really, it it makes the redemption arc that much more powerful. Uh like, I am by no means happy with Joe Biden. He's an idiot, too. But he's not close to the level of idiocy of Donald Trump. But also, and, I, we or can't any of tolerate, his cabinet. We cannot tolerate goalpost moving of this stripe. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we cannot. It, it's your fault because <laughs> you can't undo three years, four years of misinformation. It's your fault that you can't. No, I'm, I'm really tired every damn minute is another fucking article in the goddamn New Yorker or whatever the fuck talking about, we need to figure out how to talk to these goddamn chocolate yeah. <laughs> We need to, fi- it's our pro. it's a communication issue. We have a failure to communicate. No, no. If you communicate with rocks and sticks and I communicate with words, we got a fucking problem well and also if they refuse to listen and that's that's the crux of the matter that no one's getting well you just have to like you're saying you have to figure out how to how to talk to them and believe me having worked in advertising and doing comedy i do understand the idea behind crafting the message to be more appealing to the the target audience but when the target audience doesn't fucking listen, yeah, it doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. So yeah, I've worked in advertising too. If they don't listen, then your message is meaningless. They like even if you have a and in this case, even if you have a captive audience, they've already decided on the outcome. So mm-hmm. They won't listen. They've already decided that they're going to buy 
Charmin over, you know, Bounty. Right. So they don't give a fuck about what doesn't matter. They're brand loyalists. Good. And they're never going to switch. Yeah. Good, good way of putting it. But it's interesting to see what's happening in Arkansas this week because they they are brand loyalists, but I think they're they're feeling a little buyer's remorse because they're all dying. Yeah. And but it's interesting looking, you know, like because in Texas and Florida, in Texas and Florida, they're doubling down. The the governors, you know, Abbott and DeSantis are like, yeah, you know, so so what if people are dying? It's it's Joe Biden's fault. Whereas in Arkansas, they're like, um, okay, yeah. So that uh, ban on mask mandates that we passed, really wish we could take that back. And they're, you know, they're trying to do it through the system, but it's a little late. You know, the hospitals are filling up. I mean, you can't. Uh I mean, what is that? They said that there's certain hospitals they have no more room. There's no more room. How do you do that? From basically from Tennessee to Texas, there is no more hospitals. What they gotta do? Congratulations! Really, that fucking stupid. Yes, they are. (laughs) Apparently, I mean. That's the other thing. We need to stop asking, are you that fucking stupid? And just baseline, they are that fucking stupid. This is this is what we're dealing with. Accept it. They very much have that tell it to me like I'm five energy. And it's <laughs> and, and a and big part of that is la la la, I'm not listening to you, la la mm-hmm. la la. Which is Well, but also what's the deal? What's the damn deal with um the vaccine not being able to be FDA approved? Because let me tell you something, mean gene. Stuff that gives you goddamn ass cancer has mm-hmm. been FDA approved. Everything that's ever rotted out a tooth in any of your fucking heads has been FDA approved. Yeah. Okay? Fucking cigarettes are FDA approved for Christ's sake. So why <laughs> Why won't you? I mean, maybe they probably are. But the bottom line is, they, you, there's so many harmful things in this world that are FDA approved. And the FDA, and I just think the stamp of the FDA approval for some of these idiots who have that talking point. But again, they're such master goalpost movers that they'll say something like, well, this new batch may be FDA approved, but they approved it too fast because of pressure from people like myself. So that's why I don't trust this vaccine. See, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like the continuing... Ouroboros of inanity. Yeah. And oh, wait a when did the people start becoming? I didn't know that these people were scientists. Everybody that says, "Well, I'm not taking the vaccine because it does blah blah blah," it's gonna, it's gonna. Uh, well, you you don't you don't need you don't need to be a scientist. Like you don't need to be a scientist. You just got to watch this here video on YouTube. It came off a of parlor, so you know it's true. Well, didn't they arrest <laughs> that guy who was putting out that bad information? There's a guy that was either on YouTube or Facebook. They arrested him for child endangerment, putting out all the false, all the false shit. Who you know? um, I I hope so, but you know that gets into another main problem with all this bullshit. You remember when they was talking about states' rights, and then you ask them what states' rights they're talking about, and it turns out to be slavery and oppression and blah blah. (laughs) Well, it's like everybody's arguing for their right to freedom. Freedom to what? Misinform people? To put the public at risk? That's what you're fighting for your freedom to do. And that's the part that bothers me, because since 9-11, we have been negotiating with the government, uh, hey, I'll let you get down my DMs and see all my ladies' naked pictures and shit, as long as you keep them terrorists off my ass. 
and 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 it's morphed into now like where it seemed like messed up back then now people can conflate that with our present state of everybody's got to get on the same page we got to get real korean on this shit real quick and you, get you it you know and i was gonna say to your your freedom thing you know freedom ain't for everybody <laughs> <laughs> Everybody don't need to be free, Ed. and then you know there's so many people living in bondage in their mind. There's nothing we can do. You can't. These are the same people that are bothered that prison guys get to vote. What is it about not allowing somebody that's in prison to vote? He committed a crime. He loses his rights. He's voting. Well, and if for for those people, if voting and the privilege of voting is is so valuable. Why are why are they so active in trying to deny it to people who are on the outside? Right. I mean, I'm guessing it's because they look like a lot of people who are in jail. Well, they're, they're just, but they're also concerned with. I, I just think it's funny how like elections and shit don't matter, and it's all a bunch of bullshit, and it's just a shell game until it comes time for a bunch of black people to vote. Then it's like a deadly serious thing that needs to be resolved. That these people don't get it, like you're saying. So, but but the bottom line is, to me, I I really do think once you fuck with people's livelihoods, they can tell whatever lie they want. If your livelihood needs slavery and needs you know labor to to tunnel over here and work for four cents, you're not you're you're going to be a publicly facing uh, immigration person. But anything that actually stops the coyotes from getting your labor force over here, you're going to balk at. Which is what we literally have. We have a bunch of politicians saying we should shore up the borders. We have a bunch of companies paying politicians to make sure that people can get over here to do these four <laughs> seven hours. Are, are you suggesting that there there may be some hypocrisy on the the capitalist right? I, I just I just also love the fact that like it seems like just trying to trying to suss out what you're going to fight over these days is really difficult, and I think it's by design. I think we come up with so many issues to be mad at that when it comes down to simple shit like, hey, vote or don't vote, keep your populace safe or don't keep the populace safe. All of a sudden, we're arguing that stuff. We could spend that time arguing stuff that actually is worth arguing. You know what I mean? I think it bogs down the process. Like they talk about the filibuster. The problem with the filibuster is that it can impede other business, right? They can People can use it to impede other business, to, to cock block the d- democratic process in effect. And I think that's being done person to person in our personal lives by having to talk about these issues to ha- kind of have to reestablish what a fact is. It gets us all the way back to one and it filibusters us through any actual change. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, if you're mad, if you're bad that there ain't no, uh, black folks in the CMA awards, <laughs> then you could be distracted from all types of shit that's actually fucking real. Like, yeah. Why didn't Old Town Road win that goddamn CMA award that year? I'm, I'm That chaps my hide. Next thing you know, you don't give a fuck about herd immunity or community spread or whatever's going on. You're worried about why why uh, the, your American Idol person didn't win. Or you're worried about what the definition of a tree is. My friend told me birds ain't real. There's a lot of stuff that I gotta suss out before I go to the voting booth. I gotta determine whether bugs, whether whether birds are real, whether leprechauns truly have gold, or just are just gold plated stuff. Or cereal with the flat earthers too. There, Ed. Exactly. I gotta find out if I can just roll my skateboard straight in a straight line to Antarctica, meet these leprechauns, 
all this stuff that all the stuff that we resolved in the Middle Ages are being you know why they say well, you and that's the image, right? That's one of the things. What? There's, I'm sure, there's got to be a study somewhere about the parallels between the the returns of diseases that we thought were toast and the the return of ignorant flat earth type shit like mm-hmm. i'm you know because we i've seen news stories about both well it's just the mainstream media telling you what to think no <laughs> but yeah the the fact that there are actual flat earthers around these days i thought we eradicated those in the dark ages there's there's bubonic plague making a comeback mm-hmm. and we're gonna have bubonic plague deniers bro like the bubonic plague number one was not that bad there weren't that many rats there wasn't that <laughs> the plague wasn't actually black it was more of a beige shut the fuck up there are certain things we don't need to relitigate right now and i think Again, when you mess with people's, uh, I, 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 can, I can understand it a little bit when you mess with people's money, but some of these people are sitting and they're rich and they're just having fun with the lulls of this disinformation. They're, having, they're like a lawyer sitting in a mansion loving that the average guy who believes in their politics is misinformed and, uh, and a dumbass. Well, it's the, it, the whole idea of how good. can I capitalize off other people's misery? Don't call it a comeback. It's been here for years. Uh, I think that's up there, Dave, with the non-binary. Well, that's uh, you know that's a whole other issue that you know they don't they don't like that either. Well, fuck them. <laughs> you know, this is this is the problem though, and you know what I was talking about the uh, the IKEA reality show thing is. Yes, there are definitely people who are like the Koch brothers. There there are people who are able to see trends and have the the deep pockets to be able to influence politicians to okay, this is the agenda. This is what we're telling the people and this is this is how we're going to do it. But with COVID and everything that's come out with it and you know what we've been seeing in terms of for lack of a better term race relations in america whether it be you know police versus civilians or just people versus people is that there are people who know where they're making their money from and they're going to push like yes let's let's keep all this infighting happening and my investments will take care of me and mine and those who I share my information with. But then you get these, you know, small business owners who don't seem to understand, like, yes, if you support the use of masks and you support vaccines and you refuse to serve people who aren't vaccinated, whatever, that is going to help mitigate the spread of the disease and that is going to make it possible for you to open your doors and have full seating once again but before you can fill your restaurant with people we got to do something about the you know the virus the plague so where where that disconnect is you know or oh freedom i want to open my restaurant why won't this virus go away well <laughs> 
sit and think about this for a minute. And well, I think this is the first time a lot of people are seeing that their small contribution can make a much larger impact. And a lot of people still can't make that connection. It's like mm-hmm. what we choose to do in our day-to-day lives makes a larger impact to our community, to the world. It's It impacts you locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. But most people can never see that. Most of us aren't privy to that information. This is the first time where something as simple as wearing a mask, whereas like, it's just as simple as driving your car or whether you throw a piece of piece of garbage correctly away, you can see the long-term impact. And a lot of people still don't make that connection that, well, I'm not going to wear a mask. They don't understand that they're one of, you know, several million people who won't wear a mask, which means we're living with this much longer, which means variants, which mm-hmm. means other people getting sick, which means you getting sick. They don't equate that. They don't see that the little changes that we, this is the first time where like our recycling efforts as individuals actually make very little impact. It's corporations who have to recycle who make the most impact. Like our, it, it, you know, we make an impact, but it's, it's little, it's not enough to reverse anything. Corporations have to do that. But this is the first time where an individual can make an impact. It's up to individuals. And it is up to businesses, too, to enforce it and carry it as a mandate within their business. But it's up to local governments. It's up to state governments. It's up to county governments. It's up to national governments, you know, the federal government, to also make those mandates. But because it hasn't been made, people can still talk about their freedoms, and it makes a difference. And nobody seems to realize that that that's the case but it's it's also just the hypocrisy of the right wing like you know yes like corporations need to to focus more on on recycling and renewable energy and you you try and do that while the yeah right wing is gonna have a shit fit well you can't regulate business into doing the recycling and the things you know, but if the business tries to make their employees and customers wear a mask, well, right, right. But I'm saying, business, I'm saying, there's like, so no, you're you're absolutely right. But the the hypocrisy on the right is that making businesses do that is tyrannical regulation. But if a business chooses to to make their employees get vaccinated and wear masks and chooses only to serve people who have been vaccinated or who are wearing masks. Well, you got to regulate the shit out of them because that that cannot stand. Business business cannot tell their customers and and employees what to do unless they can. So there's there's no <laughs> consistency there. No. I mean, like the 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 like obviously the left has its own problems. Uh, and we can go over those, but the right has a problem with blatant hypocrisy and the fact that so many people can't see it is hilarious to me. Well, that you can't like like the left has its own problems, but they're far more subtle and they're far more internal for the most part. Um, they, there's a lot of infighting among the left yeah. because everybody wants their own thing to become the biggest thing. And that's not possible. Yeah. And, and they refuse other, to, I mean, obviously there are other problems, but that's one of the biggest problems the left has is that 
you know, trans people want their rights to be heard versus black people, you know, and people of color want their rights to be heard versus just straight up LGBT, you know, like trans can be separated from LGBTQ or are they part of LGBTQ? All of those things, all those ally infighting is just one of the biggest problems that the left has. And it's so it's so stupid. But even though everybody's fighting for basically the same shit, if one person gets it, then everybody can get it. But anyway, no, but the, the, but the right problem. fight blatant hypocrisy. You're right. And that like they tell lie after lie, contradiction after contradiction. They tell you one thing. They do another. They gaslight constantly in a way that is pretty obnoxious. If you think if you took a step back and thought about it. But so many people fall for it every time. And it's I it's either indicative of a larger problem that we have in this country or it's indicative of a of a mental health crisis that we have in this country or it's both. Well, and not to keep harping <laughs> on Florida, but I think one of the other big problems with the right, especially since Trump, you know, but it it was fomenting way before that the whole idea of owning the libs and just the contrarian idea that oh well if the democrats say a we're gonna say z and you know we said even when it's in their own best interest even when it aligns with their own agenda that they've stated right they'll say if if the libs endorse it we're against it they've literally said that whereas the libs say if it's for us it doesn't matter who puts it forth. Right. If it's what we also agree with, then we're fine with it. But Whereas the right says if the left or even which is really now the middle says we're for it, then the right, no matter what, the right, the left could say oil is great. Pollution is awesome. We love it. The right would be for environmental studies 100%. Absolutely. And and, <laughs> and on on that note, I I would like to urge President Biden to come out against putting lit fireworks in your mouth. Because I think if he pushed that message strongly enough, you would see a lot of southern states, especially folks like DeSantis in Florida and Abbott in Texas, advocating their right to hold m80s in their mouths and light them and i i would just love to see what happens uh, of course what would happen then is that more of a long game maybe they are playing the longest game and i'm not gonna live to fucking see the end of it but it's i wish they would play more of a long game because i feel like the right has been playing this game since the late 70s where they fucking figured out the left are left and we can push them to the middle only so far. And then we're going to have to go full fucking crazy. And they have been slowly building towards this moment. And they might even building beyond this moment for a long time. Whereas the left and the middle left has stayed kind of stagnant since that same time frame. Well, but I think one of the reasons for that, and we've talked about this on the show before, is the the whole House Party metaphor, is that while the Republicans are fucking things up, the Democrats are running around cleaning up after them and trying to, to maintain some sort of stability. And I feel like the left needs to either play the long game or really go all in and say, fuck it, we'll let the right kill themselves. We don't give well, a fuck that's, anymore. <laughs> that's why I think the fireworks initiative, uh, it it just, it 
It's so crazy. It just might work. And this is like you said, I don't, I don't want them to play. I mean, strategically, yes, long game is the way to go, but this is, this is me standing in front of the microwave of democracy, wondering why the popcorn isn't ready in less than four minutes uh, or however long, I don't know. I make it on the stovetop, but you get the metaphor. The people who angrily like, come on microwave. It's not fast enough where I, I want results. I would like to see some comeuppance. Uh, I would like to see just, you know, and I mean, it's not that I'm, reveling in the death of anyone from COVID. But if all these people are going to be dying from COVID, it is nice to see the deaths concentrated in the population that's prolonging the the existence of the virus in America. Down on me. Well, dude, but I, the, thing, the thing that's bothering me about all this talk is I think we're missing the fact that there is literally no left. I understand a lot of us think we're fucking leftists, but it really comes down to it. We're neoliberals. Neoliberals, as you all know, are down with capitalism at fucking all costs, but also try to reconcile that worldview with all this social change needs to happen. And let me tell you something, Mean Gene. If you're fucking rich enough, I don't give a shit who you voted for. In the end, you vote for rich people shit. And unfortunately, the right got the rich people shit. So they they understand rich people shit. And in the, in the end, if you are a liberal, most likely a neoliberal, you will, in essence, talk all the good talk. What's that shit from Get Out? I'd vote for Obama a third time. And then in, <laughs> in, in in the, in the, in the, you're in your basement doing fucked up shit to Negroes because that's where the money is. So that's all, that's all I'm saying. That, that, that bothers me in regards to we wonder why there is a, there's no fucking leftists in Congress. I repeat, there's no fucking leftists in Congress or the House of Representatives. There is not one. Not fucking Bernie Sanders, not any fucking body you revere. None of them are actual leftists because leftists are out organizing the goddamn pineapple farmers to fucking you know, unionize or whatever the fuck. They're in a dust bowl telling some Mexicans how to not be slaves. They're doing something for the fucking world. That's what leftists are doing. Neoliberals are in Congress talking to other people who vote for things for rich people. And that is why there is no con- there is no advancement because by design so that's what i'm saying it's it's uh, uh, so many commercial things that we endorse as a country that fuck up social change but we'll we'll always have al gore flying a goddamn jet that uh, or jeff bezos who probably thinks he's a liberal you doing a bunch of carbon emissions to get to space on some fruity fucking mission that, you know what I mean? There's never going to be this actual change that we're looking for until we get actual leftists in any sort of place of power. And I don't think that's going to happen because a leftist can't win an election in this country. A neoliberal can. No, I, I definitely agree. But I think a lot of the leftists, the, the problem is that change, positive change anyway, like negative change drop of a hat. Positive change though is incremental because of the system and the way it works. Um, and a lot of folks who are far left, the, the ones that I know 
are not, they're the ones standing in front of the microwave of democracy. You know, come on. Uh, it, it, they want immediate change and they are unwilling to compromise and take incremental steps leading in that direction. And, you know, we saw that this week with the special elections in Ohio where God love him, uh, killer Mike, who's a, a big Bernie supporter was backing the, the ultra progressive candidate in a special election in Ohio. And, said that Jim Clyburn is stupid for supporting Joe Biden. Well, you know, you don't mess with, with the Kingmaker, I guess. Uh, and, <laughs> and Clyburn got the, the power. He got the vote out. And what do you know? The more moderate Democrat won. But I, I think, and this goes back to what Clee was saying about all the infighting on the, on the left. I mean, you listen to the theme song of the show, Divide and Conquer, and I think we've all found ourselves in situations like that. I worked for a company, it was a like multinational company that was run like a small family business. And I worked in the main office, and the people who ran that office knew, and the, the pay was crap, there were, there were a lot of issues, but they knew that if they kept the, the employees in the office fighting amongst themselves... Mm-hmm. There was no way that we were going to get together and say, hey, aren't we all getting fucked here? <laughs> and <laughs> isn't isn't all this bitching amongst ourselves distracting us from what the real problem is? And the left needs to to realize this. And I mean, they could be a fucking powerhouse if the progressives would meet the moderates halfway but you know and you were saying there's no leftists in in congress and i i i mean i totally get what you're saying and i i largely believe it but i think you know you look at at folks like like representative clyburn who were part of the civil rights struggle in the 60s and the the whole idea of of the moral arc bending you know slowly but it still bends towards justice they're they're down with the slow bend and i think you know because like clee pointed out the republicans have been playing the long game for so long slow bend ain't going to do it you know you got you got all these folks embracing authoritarianism Tucker Carlson going to Hungary this week and what Rush Limbaugh was in the nineties, Tucker Carlson is today. And if he's, he's trying to be Lindbergh warming up to the Nazis back in the forties. And he's got a lot of people, you know, that are just going to suck up whatever he tells them to do. Yeah. I think the one thing that the right gets right, that I think the left gets wrong is not only do they play the long game, but they also live, and conversely, in the here and now. Tucker Carlson doesn't give a fuck how history remembers him because he's getting paid and his family is getting paid right now. Candace Owens doesn't give a fuck how history remembers her. She'll be long dead when we're really di- like trying to dissect what her whole seize was about. We're dissecting it now, but she doesn't give a fuck because that's how she makes her money. Mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson doesn't give a fuck 
how we dissect him because that's part of how he makes his money. It'll be how that when they die that we can really parse what when everything will suddenly come out about them. And they won't care. They'll be dead. They don't really care about their families, their friends, their associates, their workmates, anybody. They only care about themselves. And the right is very good about that. They do not give a fuck about their constituents or anybody, whether they're a politician or a journalist or a newsmaker or a pundit or whom or just a voter. They only care about themselves. They do not care what kind of legacy they leave behind, whereas the, the true leftists and even neoliberals kind of care what their legacy is. If they're if they're if they have children, they want to leave behind something for their children to live off of. If they don't have children, they want to leave something that makes the world remember them in a good way. The rest do not give a fuck. And I think the the left, not that we need to adopt that, but we need to take a lesson from that. And we need to pay attention to something like that. They don't care that nobody gives a fuck about them right now. And they don't care that nobody will give a fuck about them 50 years from now when they're long dead. They only care about the here and the now. They don't see the future. But also, and when they do, it's only to their own benefit. You can't shame them for what they believe. That's yeah. another liberals. You can literally go, boy, that's some manby pamby little bullshit you believe in. You sound like a little pussy there, buddy. And they'll go, no, wait a minute, I'm I'm tough. I I, I think there's certain <laughs> things that you need to get mm-hmm. killed for. I like the death penalty in these three cases. They start talking hella tough. Whereas a Republican, you can't tell them, boy, that sounds like some total fascist Robert Heinlein. Uh, Starship Troopers garbage you're talking about. <laughs> they go, Gee, hell yeah, it is. Kill the bugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, like you cannot shame them. You get, So basically, when you're a liberal, you go in and you start talking all this flowers and, and, and face paint hippie bullshit. And they go, that sounds like some pussy shit. And you go, well, I'll moderatize it within this way and make more monies for these corporations. Does it sound cool now? Whereas they go, we want to save all the babies by killing all the mamas for they can kill the babies. Mm-hmm. All agree, and they all vote <laughs> for it, and there's no dissension. Because it's so psychotic that they commit so hard, whereas we're trying to sound, like, reasonable. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about sounding reasonable. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like I, I mm-hmm. think we're all saying the same thing, that, like, really the left needs to li- live out loud. As certain communities say, yeah, you got to live out loud. You got to live your life. You got to say what you mean. But the there is a problem with the the left. You know, living their lives out loud is you you look at what each side specializes in. You know, we've talked about this on the show before. The right has the advantage in debate because they're just about pointing out blame. The left is about finding solutions to problems. So the left loses the soundbite war because solutions are usually, you know, going to take, well, they're boring and they take a long time. You can't explain the solution in a 15 second soundbite blame two seconds. You can, you know, That's why they blame there's, Pelosi. There's for the, the warrior that shot Cyrus, you know, and that <laughs> that shit travels. So 
it's it's a messaging problem but when the left does live out loud it's also that yeah the the right wing puts the bully in bully pulpit and so you look at it with with trans rights you know it, with environmentalism what you were just saying it you know you you try and live out loud and the right oh well oh what are you a fag and you know before the language police can even come out and uh, you know attack them for using the f word you you've got 20 other people going oh yeah that dude is kind of yeah he's a fucking yeah fuck that guy you know and and you know just takes one jackass calling someone a fag to get the whole gang going against well, the alleged fag rapper, what's that, that rapper that yeah that rapper's just losing all his gigs yeah the, the baby, baby. But, yeah, yeah but i mean all? that's it's like talking about entertainment strictly that's another beast that's where the left and the the language police you know we're we're on top of that shit but in terms of political discourse and trying to affect change in society you know mm-hmm. Just takes one guy like calling you a pussy for everyone else to, oh, hey, there's the weak one. Let's all gang up. And hey, Lord of the Flies at the mall. Well, hey, I was sitting there. Uh, I did one of the open mics for um, the fourth wall. And there was this couple of guys there. That one was from Florida, saying he's Italian. He said, why can't we say the things we want to be? You know, man, you know, I'm tired of these, these damn liberals, man, you know, trying to control what I say, man. And everything. I said, go ahead, man. Say something ignorant. I said, but first let me go outside and get this brick. And when you say nigga, I'm going to crack your ass. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to say it. You, know, you, wanna, you said it. We're taking everything. You, people should be able to say what they want to say. And then another guy gets up. I like Alex Jones. Why can't Alex Jones be on television? Alex Jones shouldn't be on TV because he gets people chasing pedophiles and or uh, whatever where he had the pizza place or whatever. Oh, and yeah. he went there and the guy went to jail. I'm like, that's why we can't allow, and you're, you're talking, that's why I said that they blame Nancy Pelosi for the insurrection. How did, you, how, did you, how did Jim Jordan come up with that? But like you said, they straight blame, went right to him, no problem. Well, and, you know, you got to fight fire with fire. Like, if, if I were in your situation, uh, you know, where you, you got to sit there and listen to something, I'm Italian, why can't I say the N-word? It's like, ah, you know, that's a typical greaseball wop thing to say, isn't it? And when they get offended, you go, well, why can't I say that? Uh You know, it's, you know, uh, what he was saying, they don't, you know, also the, like, you can say, like, if you went to Italy and said that, then they would fucking (laughs) light you on fire because, you know, the typical Italian, A, loves black people and other people of color and B, like, doesn't like they have their own set of problems and you don't have to adopt a whole other set of problems to compound upon your inherited set of problems from your old country quote unquote you're lucky that you have a heritage that people consider rich and interesting just focus on that and don't focus on trying to call people faggot because it doesn't fucking matter yeah and why for- do you need to call somebody a faggot in order to say that you know that somebody is you know like you can say that inter- internally and nobody cares you can say that to your brother to your mother to your uncle to your cousin nobody gives a shit you say that out loud in front of people you can absolutely 100% say it but you have to understand that there are consequences nobody's going to inherently find that funny anymore mm-hmm 
like the guy at uh, the at the comedy store. I forget the white dude who did it. And he said, sure is a lot of Nick. And before he could get it out, a brother from the back threw a chair all the way to the stage and bust him dead in his head. Dropped him. I mean, it was a beautiful throw. I didn't know how he could throw a chair that good and crack this dude. And you know, and it just came from darkness and into the light. You know how you got the big right up? So it came away in the back and they pow, dropped him. Yeah. And hey. Because you can say, you can still say those words, but there's a, like, you always, like, the right also always says there's a time and a place for things. Oh, we can't cuss on television, but you're going to defend this asshole's right to say faggot or nigger or chink or wop in the same public space. Like, it's either one or the other. It can't be both. So we either can say the F word and every other fucking word and, or we can say none of them. Right. Well, and I think also, you know, for the for the people who defend those words, says, well, I, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I offend everybody. No. Like, how about actually trying to do comedy and be funny instead of trying yeah. to offend people? There are other ways like, to be funny. Yeah. There's, you Your know. Your life is inherently dependent upon reducing other people to base bullshit. Then you're not funny. And you need to get out of comedy and go do something else. Well, and, and, and as we, uh, since you guys are talking about the kind of, as Dave was saying, uh, we were talking about this, they've turned open mics into fucking therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were literally on stage doing therapy. They are. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. I've, I've, male Yeah, and that navel gazing bullshit, I literally ignore it. I go up and I tell jokes. Sometimes it's therapeutic, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes the jokes are part of whatever thing I might work out in therapy if I actually saw a therapist. And sometimes the shit is just like, I would fuck Data from Star Trek. Here are my reasons why. <laughs> like, But when you start screaming into the mic and just, you know, it's like, where are you going with this? You know, and everybody, I mean, like, yeah, I was, you know, you know. There's people who I watched too much Sam Kennison as a kid. Like, you know, well, you watch and, a bunch of Sam Kinison, just you're going to scream into the mic because you think it's funny. But that's that's <laughs> the thing. And this goes back to what we were talking about with just general population is if if you watched Sam Kinison stuff and all you take away from it is yelling is funny. <laughs> You're missing yeah. you're missing the point. It's I mean, yes, the delivery definitely served the material, but there was material there. And yeah. similarly, it, it's like a lot of people, and I say this as, you know, the descendant of people who ran away from the pogroms before they got to their village. They saw the world tour coming and said, Yeah, uh, not looking good for Jews in these parts. America seems like a good place to go. And the way I was raised is you learn from the past. And so, A, you know what to look for because, you know, like I said, and the reason that I, I am a descendant is because my my forefathers had the semblance to say, shit's looking really bad. Let's leave so they did. And so a, I was taught, look for the signs when it's time to leave and B all the shit that we ran away from. Let's not do that to other people. And I I think, uh, you know, particularly folks who are descendants of uh, certain Eastern European countries and Germanic territories, there's, there's a reason 
your grandparents or great-grandparents got the fuck out of there. Don't be bringing the shit that they ran away from. Yeah, I mean, if you live in another country, that's 100% true. Like, you know, I always think about, too, like people who are sort of right-thinking who don't live in America and aren't Americans and don't come from Americans. People in Canada or in South America or in Europe somewhere who still think that way. And it's not always a uh, like in this country, it's very much a, a part of a long game that the right played that was, you know, sort of spiked. I wouldn't say that Donald Trump was their peak because I think there's still more of their game to play, but definitely a huge spike with somebody like Donald Trump. Uh, but in other countries, that same thing is still going on is going on with Boris Johnson in the UK. It's going on with Brazil's president down you know, in South America, it's going on, you know, in other places to a lesser degree. There's a lot of countries that have their versions of Barack Obama's right now. We have, you know, Trudeau in Canada and Angela Merkel in Germany. But they can only be president or prime minister for so long before they're replaced by somebody else. And who's not to say that the person behind them isn't another Boris Johnson or Bolsonaro or, you know, or Donald Trump. Who's to say it's not that person? Because it very easily could be. Well, and because they could steal the election, or they could sway enough people. Yeah, and a lot of people are are discussing Donald Trump as the dry run, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it's like, okay, we you know we figured out how to how where where autocracy can go wrong and get stymied, and uh, where a violent uprising against the the actual government might hit some some trouble. But now now yeah. we know how to do it. Yeah, because people who were alive during Hitler's time are dead or dying now. They're all in their 80s, 90s, and beyond now. Mm-hmm. Or they're dead. So those people cannot really offer very much advice, if any at all, if that's what they want. And back then, it seems like history tells us that Everybody was against it, and they, you know, and everybody who wasn't against it is hiding or dead, so they would never show themselves. But now these people are on the rise again, and there are people who want to take advantage of that because they see that it'll make them money. They see the long game there, or they see a short-term long game, and they'll take it. And it doesn't they? Like I said before, they don't give a fuck how people now see them, nor do they care about how history remembers them. Yep, and. Any time you try and draw a parallel and not not to go like straight to the Holocaust, but you know, a lot of a lot of folks on the right will sort of get that attitude, well, we're not Jews, so it doesn't matter. And it's like, no, no, no. It's the the bigger patterns. And mm-hmm. it's you and know. they and also folks on the right, whether they're the whether they're not Jewish or not, they see themselves as I can't possibly become a victim of this. There's no way this could come back to bite me in well, any way. Also for- and they don't see that it can't possibly come back to bite even the one or two or three people that they might care about. It'll never bite my wife. It'll never bite my children. It'll never bite my husband. So why do I care? Why well, should I care? But it's even it's people? it's the learning from even recent history. You know, when uh, Trump was trying to deport anything browner than a, than a shopping bag, 
And there were a lot of folks in the Midwest who were like, yeah, you know, fuck these illegals and, and get them the hell out of here. This is a, America's a place for Americans. And then like the guy who owned the restaurant that they went to every week got deported and like, but he was one of the good ones. What, what's happening? And it's the whole idea that it can, A, it won't happen to me and B, it won't happen to the people who I care about, like you were saying, Clee. But I, I think there's also a, an element I I don't know. It's it's just the the pure denial that well that was different because and you know so they're they're just gonna let it happen. Oh, yeah, they they don't see their own exceptions. Yeah. Go ahead. That's been part of our lives forever. When we talk about you're one of the good ones or you're the ones that are blah blah. When they found out that Southerners were beating up Sammy Davis, they were like, "That's that's my man. He's 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 you know." He's a good one. He, he's the, the candy man. Why are they fucking with the candy man? And so on and so forth. And it's like, I, uh, but again, I like I said, I may, maybe I'm a leftist. Maybe I'm a fascist. I don't even know what I am anymore because I'm so disgusted by every goddamn body. I'm so disgusted by the moderation of every fucking body because, again, I see how it starts that people win their elections as leftists and then become neoliberals every single time. And I just feel like I, I understand the spirit of compromise. I really do. I'm not psycho. I like I was a member of the NRA until I was like 20. You know what I'm saying? I I I I, I, I read meat and guns and boobs. Sign me up. But <laughs> god damn. All See, the rest I, of this stuff comes with it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with looking at the NRA specifically is be, I, I've got like I've got a friend uh, from college who I think he's still a member, which is amazing. But even he recognizes that the NRA is fucking nuts, and you know you can be pro gun and pro Second Amendment and still realize that the NRA as a political entity has gotten so far from that message mm-hmm. and and so crazy about all the wrong parts you know it's they're they're the ones taking the yelling is good away from sam kinnison you know that that they're missing the whole message and that is what the organization is devolved into so it it has been nice seeing them dealing with internal squabbles for for power and money well at the same time, that is showing a lot of people like, yeah, maybe, um, maybe time to leave the party. It's been, it's been fun, but, uh, cops are probably going to be here any minute. And if they, if they aren't, this is definitely not the, the kind of party I, I'm going to want to be at. Well, that's also just, just real, like, real quick last thing for me. Like, I just feel like there's also fake issues that are brought up. One of my good friends, talked to me the other day he was talking about uh well you know i uh i benefited from generational wealth and i want my my kids to benefit from it too meaning he's talking about some kind of fake death tax tax. all my money when i die and i'll say that is not true on any level this dude has two degrees talking that bullshit you know (laughs) what i'm saying They, they come up with these fake issues for those people 
I just again, I I I know I'm sound frustrated, but I, I really am, dude, because it's like all of a sudden this person that I used to think was really smart has been fooled by some fake fucking issue. I never heard a politician say that when a rich person dies, we're gonna jack all their shit and give it to the United Negro College Fund. Nobody <laughs> won an election in this fucking country telling the populace that. No one has ever done that and no one ever will. So what the fuck issue are you talking about? About somehow a generational wealth is going to be taken away from my kids? Are you buying into this? Like, They'll pay regular inheritance and death taxes. Like, like there is a death tax, but it's literally practically nothing comparatively. It's percentage based. It's a sliding scale, and they pay an inheritance tax if there's an actual inheritance. My cousins had to pay it when they inherited their dad's house. Um, you know, I've had multiple family members have to pay an inheritance tax, and it's it's nothing. It's literally you still if you're gonna inherit millions, you'll still get millions. Mm-hmm. Like you're still gonna like oh I I'm missing twenty thousand of my bajillion dollars. I, I feel so bad for you. But there's and this I, there's this weird cares. like aspirational. I, I, it's. I guess aspirational I disillusionment. You, your on, kids care more that you died. If you're a good parent, your kids care more that you died than how much money they're going to get when you die. <laughs> ah, if you're a good parent, see that's yeah. Therein don't be lies. a shitty parent, and you won't. Nobody hey, gives a fuck. It's about my general. It's my law. right it's as an American to be a shitty if they parent. They get the money. They'll be. That's just another. That's a bonus to you. Them being fucked up that you died. Don't you tell me I can't beat my kids to death. I'm an American. Yeah, yeah. You can't pepper spray them, though. If, if I want to sell them to a priest, I can do that because America. I I don't know. It's, yeah, where we're dealing with people, like we said uh, towards the beginning of this, who don't listen. And when they do, they hear the wrong thing. And then they want to argue about made up bullshit, regardless of what they actually heard or chose to believe. So, um, hooray, at least it's not an election year yet, but things are ramping up and we'll see where the world takes us. We, Next we, year is going to be bullshit. Well, again. you know, it's gonna be a bunch of fucking righties who are going to try and convince people and they may get away with it. And they may not. But the poll, every poll says that most people do not ever want another Donald Trump in this country. Most people don't like want to listen to COVID compliance. Most people think vaccines and masks should be mandatory until this is dealt with. Most people are normal reasonable people why ms wiggins got a loud ass 30 percent out there are you some sort of centrist of <laughs> huh i said why ms wiggins are you some sort of centrist a centrist no, in our midst gentlemen no it's i i not agree with you position is that i do believe in the death penalty everything else can suck my balls well yeah no i believe <laughs> i believe in the death penalty they just need to actually fix the justice system so yeah. it's about finding truth rather than winning cases uh, if, if they could, one. yeah, well, I mean, if, if they could do that, too many appeals. if, if they there, could, I mean, if I they could get I it right, too liberally applied. And I think it, and I think the justice system is way fucked up, but as a concept, I am pro death penalty as a, as a means to an end, it sucks and it's a- bullshit. Amen. <laughs> but I, I think before we start worrying about next year's election, 
we need to get through the next 24 days because there are, I, I think, 8% of the population who think, or, you know, voting adults or whatever. Uh, but they believe that uh, Biden uh, was illegitimately put in office and it would be justifiable to take up arms to, to right that wrong. And I, I imagine at least a portion of that 8% are the ones going around talking about how Trump is going to be reinstated uh, in August. So we got uh, 20. Not, I mean, Ed and I are going down south in like two weeks. So Godspeed. <laughs> we're going to Tennessee and Georgia. I have family in Tennessee. Ed has family in Georgia. Well, at least the cooking will be good. Yeah, yeah. Get your, yeah. Get that, put them ham hocks. Well, up in there. Famous, famous, last, ham hocks. famous last words. <laughs> right on. Well, we uh, we will uh, at least uh, symbolically get through the next twenty four days together. Uh, I'm glad you guys were were able to be here to get through this one of the next twenty four with me in person, and uh, it has been awesome. I, I think there there's plenty more to talk about, but this is as good a place as any to to call it a day. So I want to thank you guys for being here with us. Ed Greer, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, they can check out Reboot It, uh, uh, my uh, Reboot It, my YouTube channel, where we, we reboot franchises for fun and profit. And uh, uh, we just recently did Transformers. We did uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a Zack Snyder movie. We, we, we're crazy. <laughs> and so then uh, you can check out The Greatest Pod. We talk about a lot of pop culture stuff. We, talk, we discuss and debate what makes something great. So uh, that's kind of the gist of the show. It's, it's available on all platforms. So I would love for people to check out The Greatest Pod. Awesome. And uh, on uh, the social media, Ed Greer Destroys? Uh, at, yeah, at Ed Greer Destroys on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Always a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to the next time. And if we, we don't talk before, safe travels through the South. Maybe read or uh, watch Lovecraft Country before. Oh, uh, yeah, we got the Green Book. Not that not that movie. We got that. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Well, thank you for being here. Clee, also safe travels to you, but thank you for being here with us today. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? You can always find me on Twitter um, and Instagram at Clee Wiggins. And uh, Instagram is actually at Clee Wiggins SF. And you can find me on the movie trivia Schmodown. Basically, that's it. Like Instagram, you can see the food I make. Twitter, you can see my musings. And uh, that's about it. Right on. Well, thank you for being here. And yeah, I know y'all are traveling together. So uh, everything I said for Ed, also really? for you. Just don't travels. get on spirit. <laughs> no. Never leave the airport. We're flying a legitimate airline, not the uh, the big blue bluffs of the sky. You know, I, I it's it's <laughs> that wait, that is an insult to Greyhound. You got to take duct tape with you just in case you get a uh, unruly person that's been drinking 
and wanted to start some shit. They, they've been taping them down is what they do. Time and Chip, always a pleasure. Uh, great having you here. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? My website is time and ship at uh, weebly.com. Time and ship at Twitter, time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at Facebook. And you can get my book, My East St. Louis, at Amazon.com or my CD, Universal Brother, on uh, Spotify and uh, CD Baby. Right on. Well, thank you for being here with us. Looking forward to seeing you again next week. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can catch me on the socials on Facebook, dr.david.robinson. On the Twitter, I am at StandUpFallDown. And when I am on Instagram, it is the Dr. Robinson. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook. It is Let's Be Treasonable, all spelled out. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even the platforms where you're not, if you got the time and inclination. And if you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you're still listening, but I thank you for doing that. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. Sounds good to you. Sounds good to me. We will be back next week in one form or another. Until then, goodbye. Bye, Bye guys.